what's up, y'all? And welcome to the first, is it inaugural edition of this podcast that we don't have a name for yet. <laughs> Presented to you by the For All Nerds Massive. This is the MCU, everything MCU related uh, mm-hmm. review podcast. Yes. Yes. From and the perspective of... of- people of color and we are here to talk about wandavision uh-huh. as you know we've been pretty excited about this title for like the longest this mini series um it came out what a day after my birthday my birthday oh. was january 14th and it Very came out good. on the 15th so that was a nice um i like to make it like a it was a birthday present for me from marvel thank you Thank you, Mouse. Appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, we're here. Um, As you know, we love to review our favorite shows. And if you are following us like you absolutely should, that is For All Nerds on every, pretty much every podcast platform you could think of. But if you're following us, you would know that we've been covering a lot of different shows. And this will be very similar where we're going to go deep dive into the episodes. We're going to talk about Easter eggs, the music, plot points. And, you know, just discuss little things about about why the show is so interesting. And mm-hmm. just to just put it on out there right now, I absolutely love WandaVision so far. I'm hooked, hook, line, and sinker, if you will. Like, I'm, I'm with it. What about you? I am, but we still haven't even introduced ourselves. We have to do that? Yeah, we need to do that first. You know, you did say that this is a Fall Nerds production. Like you said, we're a Fall Nerds on all social media. You already know us. You know, you might know us from doing Castle Black, uh, the Safe Negro Pod. Or the For All Nerds main show. Mm-hmm. But I am your host, uh, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. I don't have any WandaVision-related a.k.a.s yet. So, you know, we're going to get there. And I'm Tatiana King, a.k.a. Agatha. Darkness is spreading. <laughs> Thank you, you for go. that one, Ben Amin. <laughs> you're very welcome, you know. You know, you're very welcome. I'll go with Bid Dread right now. Bid Dread. Oh, AKA, Big Dread, okay. AKA okay. Big Dread here. And yes, we are reviewing WandaVision. Um, I'm not completely blown away just yet. You know, I'll say that. That, that okay. Yeah, I, well, I'm going B+. I don't think anyone's looking to be blown away quite okay. yet. It's a brand new series on Disney+. Plus, and like, mm-hmm. this is like the first, well, next to The Mandalorian, I guess. This is the first like big, big time series that people are really uh, uh, excited about. So... I wouldn't say you need to be blown away, but do you like it? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. And this is also Marvel's first thing since pretty much what? Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Like, Yeah. You know, I mean, this, especially during the pandemic, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. been a long time and we got two episodes. So we have two episodes to review. Uh, do either of these episodes even have titles? Or was it just episode one or two? No, they were literally called episode one and two. Um, okay. and, and, you know, that's probably because the whole show is basically revolving around itself as its own um, in-world TV show, mm-hmm. if you will. And so for the t- episodes to just be episode titles, I think that that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. No trigger warnings that we know of. <laughs> yeah, this is Quite unlike, uh, for those who listen to Safe Negro Pod, you know, this show does not have gratuitous violence, et cetera, so far. Yeah. yeah. Racially tinged things. So, <laughs> the you know, so, set yeah, we, set, we don't really need any trigger warnings, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. Y'all let us know if we missed something that, you know, set y'all off. But as far as I know, no trigger warnings for this episode. Right, 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 right. Um, and both of these episodes uh, was directed by Max Shackman, mm-hmm. who um, he actually also directed episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Fargo, mm. and Game of Thrones. Oh. So he has some things under his belt. Okay. 
and it was written by Jack Schaefer, who is the showrunner. And they, I'm not sure what else they've done, but they are also, you know, showrunning this show and doing a big thing. So, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and well, to give you one big thing that Jack has done, um, they wrote the upcoming MCU film Black Widow. Oh, oh, so that actually, you know, raises the anticipation for Black Widow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not for me. Um, wow. moving on. <laughs> I'm well, that being said, I, at least like you could trust the writing, right? Because yeah. th- that's one of the main things I really liked about WandaVision. The writing is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, as most of you know, should know anyway, WandaVision takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. And the the general consensus on the interwebs is this is, uh, at least this is my consensus, that because of the trauma <laughs> that Wanda had went through with, well, one, having Vision die twice on her, um, amongst other things. Twice. Twice. Cold-blooded twice. But um, she basically retreats into herself. And this is also similar to a, a storyline in the books. But she basically retreated to herself with her reality-bending powers and kind of creates her own bubble universe, her own bubble world, which... Um, you know, it, it's interesting if you look at it from a perspective of um, psychology, um, mm-hmm. when, you know, people say, you know, people start making up these stories in their head, like when they go through a massive trauma, they, you know, they they may come up with another personality and other things that happen. In this case, since she's a mutant, um, and, and maybe one day we'll hear that word from the MCU's mouth, but <laughs> since she's a mutant, she has this power amongst many to actually manipulate reality itself. And um, what we think she's in right now, her and Vision are in, are is this this universe maybe in her mind, maybe I don't know if it's an actual physical place, but it's 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 just this own entity, if you will. All right, we're gonna get into that. That that's your theory. I'm that's I'm not so 100 percent on that, but let's you know let's break down this uh the basic plot of these episodes because as people who know, listen to Safe Negro Pod once again, we are not going to sit here and go beat by beat of the script you know because you've already seen the episode if you haven't go yeah. watch it because we're going to get heavy into spoilers yeah so yeah we're not going scene by scene so like don't nah. if you're looking for somebody to recap it you can read that yeah. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the main themes and all of the interesting items that we notice throughout each mm-hmm. episode so the basic plot of episode one is we meet wanda and vision in westview which is a fictional town in new jersey uh while they know who they are they're not really sure how they got there and there's no time to figure things out because vision got to bring home the bacon and wanda got to figure out why today august 23rd is so special yes uh and then episode two we come up to wanda and vision again um they're actually practicing for a town talent show and it's really important because it's for the children we see a lot more strange things happening including toy helicopters falling from the sky um they meet up with people in their town particularly one named Dottie, who seems to be the town boss and she seems to think something is up with wanda and vision despite wanda's protests uh now the what i want one thing i want to say about both of these episodes is uh, the way that they're set up so episode one takes place what would be considered maybe a 50s setting mm-hmm. um what's the show that it's referencing did van dyke Okay. The opening of the show is pretty much a note-for-note recreation of the Dick Van Dyke opening with Wanda even 
when Vision and Wanda are walking into the house and mm-hmm. Vision drops her and then he picks her back up and walks inside and the Dick Van Dyke opening Dick trips over the couch. But in this, Wanda makes Vision in her phase and they walk through the couch. Okay. So no tripping yeah. here. Well, no, the tripping is coming when he drops her ass on, on that, the porch. That but, too. You know, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely tripping there. But that also yeah. leads into the whole show as that there, like you said, there definitely seems to be something of Wanda having more control over this situation, the vision, and knowing more about what is going on than vision does. She knows enough, but mm-hmm. I, th- I, it's like she knows they're both aware to certain degrees, right? Yeah. They both know that, again, like as we mentioned at the top, they don't know how they got there or what's going on. They don't know much about their relationship. Um, during the episode, you know, they're questioned a few times, like, well, how did y'all meet? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when did y'all get, you know, they say they're married. They're like, well, when did y'all get married? What's your married, uh, what's your, you know, y'all, y'all song, your wedding song, whatever the song may be, y'all special song, what's this, what's that? And they don't know shit. They mm-hmm. just know that they're together. Yep. And, and I don't, and at most times it, it doesn't even feel like they realize that they're in some strange situation. They, they just live in this town. They don't seem to know any better, but there are lots of moments where Wanda becomes lucid. Like mm-hmm. she does her, both her and, and actually a, at least one time vision does it where they look dead at the camera They look, mm. and it's kind of fourth wall breaking, but it's also like the character is, uh, you see her looking at the camera, but also looking off into space a bit as if she's in a trance. Now, I don't know if you personally experienced this, but I've experienced this all the time where you might be sitting around, like even when you're driving, you ever been driving for a long time, you disassociate mm-hmm. and like you're not falling asleep. It's just like you're there, but you are, you're, you're, it's like your body is there, but your mind may be elsewhere. And then you realize it and you snap out of it and you realize, oh, I'm on the road, I'm driving. This has mm-hmm. happened before and this has happened to a lot of people. So it, to me, it gave that same type of energy. It's also something that we got to point out, like I was saying, is that Wanda is, while Wanda is um, more the mystical character, Vision is obviously the more analytical as a robot. So even in the mm-hmm. very first episode, when he goes off to his job, he ha- he's sitting at work and he's trying to figure out what they actually do at the job. Mm-hmm. And that's also a callback to like shows like the Dick Van Dyke show and shows of that nature when... Back then, the husband would go off to work. The mom would stay at home, have this perfect dress on, pearls, everything, manage the household. But you would never see what the husband does at work. Like, you never see their job or what mm-hmm. they're actually doing. You know, even like on shows like The Jetsons, like Spacely Sprocket and George Jetson. Jetsons just sitting there pushing a button all day. You never yeah. see what they're actually making. Uh, you know, uh, making what do they make? Like, Spacely Sprockets and shit. Sprockets. <laughs> Whatever yeah. a sprocket is. Whatever a sprocket is. You know, <laughs> and it's like, so. He's asking, he's trying to figure it out right away while Wanda is always trying to keep him on the path of no, let's just accept this life. Let's stay here. Let's be in this, you know, while Vision is constantly like, yo, this is not right. You know, I'm a robot. I know this ain't right. Let me try and figure my way out of this Android. Not actually robot. I know, but yeah, yeah. But not only is he trying to figure out like, wait, what are we doing here? What's happening? Like he's trying to figure out the logic of it. I wonder if he, first of all, we, we know this happens after Endgame, but is he dead or is is this a manifestation of him? Now, one thing about Wanda, I is mentioned, he, is she, he dead? she has a lot of powers and one of them also is necromancy to a degree. She can actually reanimate 
body. She can. She when? can talk. I, to, I've seen people say this lately, but I'm, she can. I, I I will have. I will reference that later on in this episode. But uh, she can also talk to the dead. Now I don't know if they. And then again, this is like the old version of her. I don't know if they're using that. Uh, like to me, it sounds like a Superman thing. Like all of a sudden, he has all these powers. Yeah. I don't know if they're using that to to kind of connect to this, or if this is just simply a figment of her imagination. Maybe again, maybe Vision himself is just part of this whole charade she's built up in her head. But um, is he dead? What's going yeah. on? I've seen okay, I've seen a lot of references to that. You know, this week where mm-hmm. people are saying that Wanda uh, speaks to the dead. I've read a lot of Wanda comics. I mean, she's. Very ill-defined, though, even in the comics and in the mm-hmm. movies, even more so. And in the movies and in the MCU, people have said that she has basically all the powers to a degree of all the different Infinity Stones, which means she can do pretty much yes. anything, you yes. know, kind of like Thanos himself when he yeah. had all the stones or anyone who has the gauntlet. So we'll just go with it for now. Wanda can do whatever. And there's a lot going <laughs> on in this. And there's like we said, there's a lot of references to the comics, to you know, the MCU to everything that's come before. So is Vision dead? I'd say right now, I don't know. But okay, like your theory is that Wanda has created this world that they're in right now, right? Because if you think, look at things like House of M, mm-hmm. she she basically, what with the whole No More Mutant stuff, like she basically was able to do the same thing. After, after a traumatic event, she wasn't having that shit. And mm-hmm. she basically manipulated the reality of the world to her to her liking for for better or worse and yes. to me i feel like that is the same thing going on here as we know the mcu doesn't follow canon precisely to the letter and it absolutely does not need to so mm-hmm. i think that they've taking uh inspiration from this and drawing that into wandavision yep now my question about whether or not she created on her own right. leads to certain things that we see in these first two episodes right like one of the major characters that I guess we should just get into right now is uh, Miss Agnes, who... The nosy neighbor that she's as she's credited as. Nosy neighbor as she is credited as. And that, you know, is like another classic sitcom trope where it's like there's always this nosy neighbor trying to find out what's going on, especially mm-hmm. for people who remember shows like ALF when they're trying to hide the alien. You know, there's always the nosy neighbor. Uh, what was the joint with the little girl, uh, Small Wonder, with the little robot uh, daughter? You never seen Small Wonder? You don't okay, know about Small Wonder? Okay, okay. You're teaching me lots of stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, Small Wonder was this joint with the... Uh, I never watched Small Wonder either. I think it was like before or after my time. I don't know what, whatever it was. But this family gets a robot daughter. And, mm-hmm. you know, so of course they got a nosy neighbor trying to find out about their robot daughter. And then, of course, the classic Bewitched, you know, where everybody's trying to find out if Samantha actually a witch or not. I know about Bewitched because yeah, I, that that's been referenced many times yeah, throughout the decades. People yes. have made you know, like whether it's 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 Halloween costumes or or other TV shows or mm-hmm. or, or music videos, people have referenced that forever. Yeah. So. Small wonder not as popping. So I understand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Small wonder was no Bewitched. Let's keep it real here. Okay. But Small wonder had its moments. You know about Alf though, right? Yeah, I know who, the 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 alien with the nose, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's I mean that was just disturbing. So everyone knows Alf. I, I, I never, just know what he looks like. I don't. I know never f with that show, yo. It was so. I thought he was just so disturbing as a kid. Like I just thought Alf was disturbing. I um, did not get with it. But so anyway, yeah. Agnes yeah. is the nosy neighbor. But yes. 
for comic book readers and for everyone who's been, you know, even as soon as the first previews of this show came up, everybody did the Leonardo and was like, yo, that's, um, <laughs> yo, Agatha Darkness. I mean, Agatha Harkness, yeah. who is a major comic book character whose history goes back with the Scarlet Witch, is intertwined with Wanda from Jump, teaches her magic. Shows up again and again in her life, even after she gets killed. She comes back like the Obi-Wan ghost and shows up and is always messing with Wanda and not always for Wanda's benefit. And oh, she just fuck around her because she petty, yeah, petty patty sometimes. Um, Damn. because the whole thing with Wanda having children, right? Which we see in the you know, we see her get pregnant at the end of episode two. Is that Wanda and Vision have these kids together? Obviously, Wanda's a mutant. Vision's an android. And how they the can't, hell? Biologically, they cannot. However, she's a witch and can eventually do anything. Many so things happen, you know. And so Agatha may help make that happen with the help of later on. This was written as comments continue to you know make things worse with the help of Mephisto, who is. One of the devils and one of the major devils of the Marvel. Universe. Oh, he ain't the devil. No, Marvel never likes to give you the devil. You know what I mean? Because that gets pretty like He's into devil religion. Light. Yeah, devil light. You know, demonish, okay. whatever you want to call it. Whatever. Devilish. Yeah, but he is Mephisto. Is like that dude who. Damn, you know, if if he ain't the devil, he's the closest one to it. You know, if it ain't Biggie, he's the closest he's, one. He's the approximation of the devil. Let's yeah, pretty that. much. Okay. Okay. And Mephisto's always doing all kind of hella trifling stuff in the comics with regards to uh, he, superheroes and right. pretty much everybody. Well, he well, was the uh, devil. The devil's trifling. Yes, he was a main part of the Infinity Gauntlet comic book. Um, He never made it into the movie, but it seems that he might be making his first appearance here because Agnes, nosy neighbor... Made several references to the devil as like when they're talking about at the little meeting, they're talking about the devil's in the details. And she says mm-hmm. that's not the only place he is. She also talks about her husband who is never seen, which is never also Holmes. Yeah, ever. that's also a classic trope of sitcom comedy. You know, the neighbor or the person who has his husband always dissing him, but you never see them. <laughs> yeah, that's constant, you know, yeah. but. Adnis also gives her this rabbit in the second episode, which she calls Senior Stratchy. Most people, uh, Stratch is a name for, you know, old Nick for Satan, Stratch. It's just one of them names. It goes back. So there's a lot of things. Um, I also it? thought, when yep. you, since you're talking about Scratch, that that referred to Nicholas Scratch, who Adnis's, was her son. Yes, which is also, you know, Nicholas, Saint, you know, old Nick. It's Scratch, like, I mean, this is Marvel, you know, they just gave him names of the devil, basically. Like, you know, oh, okay, okay. You, yeah, you so, so the sun, they're all okay. one and the same. Yeah, at this yeah, point. okay. So you get names of the devil. Right. So that's how that worked out. Right. But uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Also interesting about Agnes mm-hmm. is, um, you know, her role in this. Like, like we mentioned how both Wanda and Vision are on varying levels of accepting where yep, they are. Yep. Uh, but Agnes, she essentially she keeps encouraging. Um, wanted to maintain that illusion. So yes. perhaps, like as you know, as we, as you said, Ben, like you know, is Wanda doing this on her own? Um, and even at the end of the episode, we hear a voice saying, "Wanda, who's doing this? To you perhaps mm-hmm. Agatha slash Agnes is is controlling or part of this situation to maintain this illusion? I mean, she's 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 doing all sorts of things to keep Wanda in this unreality. Mm-hmm. And a visual clue is her brooch that she is wearing in every scene. That it's the same brooch that Agatha Harkness is wearing in the comic books. 
So there's a lot of little things where like, okay, this is definitely Agatha Harkness. And like you said, she is keeping her. Even when Wanda sees the helicopter, the in color red helicopter, mm-hmm. Agatha. The toy helicopter. Toy helicopter. But was it a toy five minutes ago is the okay. other question. <laughs> um, Agnes is like, come along now and keeps her moving away from that. You know, she is always like, and then right after that, it's like, yo, what's up with them kids though? You know? And it's mm-hmm. constantly, what's up with them kids? What's up with them kids? And then kids yeah. pop out at the end. Because, like, what's what's the one of the best ways to keep someone deep in their dream, right? Keep mm. giving them things that they want. So, mm. of course, she wants to be with Vision. She wants to have a family with Vision. She wants to live this perfect life with Vision. And the more you, and this is, again, which is why I feel like my, my, my thought about what this place is, this is just more of, Agnes feeding into that, or or Agatha rather feeding into that, and keeping Wanda in place or in stasis. Um, since you mentioned the helicopter, we got we should mention the next character. You know it. So, um, as you said it, you just alluded to it. You said, "Was that toy helicopter always a toy?" As we know, this is some. This is again. I'm gonna go with my theory that this is some strange bubble universe. Okay, mm-hmm. which means things aren't what they seem. That someone is min- also partly manipulating Wanda and that, you know, things are being um, hidden from her purposefully. Why would there be a random toy helicopter that would be in complete color when the rest of the scene is in black and white in her bushes? Ben, I mean, your take is that this was probably a real helicopter just a few minutes ago doing what? Dropping off our next character. We see on the helicopter, if you look closely, the sword symbol which reoccurs several times, and we'll get into that right now and explain what the sword is all about and all that. Okay. But it's right on the helicopter. And there's, I'm not sure when, but there's actually another shot of a helicopter being, you know, I think it's from one of the trailers or whatever, getting caught up in this storm. Yes. So I think they're going to show that later on. But basically, yes, I believe that that helicopter is a sword helicopter, which was dropping off or attempting to enter into this realm with Monica Rambeau herself. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she's going by the name of Geraldine. Mm-hmm. Now, as I had some days to to sleep on it and think back, uh, even though it feels like, or it, she tries to make it seem like, Monica tries to make it seem like she's also like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know what's going on. I think she's completely in on it. Like, I think she is aware of what's happening. And she has been dropped if you will she has been dropped down by aim to try to help get wanda out of this by sword by, by excuse me by sword thank you by sword aim what listen is, is, it, is sword, it a hydra we'll, shield listen, situation listen, we'll get, going we'll on get here get into it in a minute but let yeah. me not i don't want to <laughs> that was just a slip that was just a slip i uh, just thought of that when you said it and i just realized that's probably what's going on here but we'll get into that potentially in i like i don't want to like because this, this is another thing there's so many characters and acronyms and things that people are, are have no idea about that yes. you, know, you want to try to keep it together and try to give you all some of this information word up so keeping it on geraldine um uh, tiona uh, paris right Tiana Paris. Yeah. Oof. All right. Killing it. Beautiful Fine. smile. I mean, mm, and what a smile. Jesus Christ. It. Every time she smiles, it's just like the world lights up. But she is rocking this piece of jewelry, which it looks like a spiral. It's gold. Even though, you know, you can see the black and white, it's definitely gold. And, mm-hmm. and it looks like the spiral, like Dr. Strange's portal, but mm. also could represent a spiral galaxy because in the comic books, Monica Rambeau is um, the one and only 
Well, not the one and only because there's multiple of them. She becomes a version of Captain Marvel. She also goes by the name Photon, mm-hmm. by Auntie Monica, and by a bunch of other names. She is a badass in, I mean, just one of my favorite characters. Like, I grew up, like, this, like, the era that some of the stuff they're showing here is, like, the first comments I read. Like, Captain Monica Rambo was part of the Avengers. She was my Captain Marvel as a kid. The Vision and Scarlet Witch had this miniseries written by Steve Englehart where they moved to the suburbs and they first have these children. That was like, you know, one of the first comics. I think that was one of the first miniseries I read. And it's like a really goofy, non, like there are fights and stuff, but it's mainly about them trying to be hidden in the suburbs, you know, more so than anything else. But it, I loved it. So all, seeing all this stuff on screen, like finally seeing Monica Rambeau herself, mm-hmm. which is a moment for me, y'all. Like that is just like, mm. it's pretty awesome. And, yeah. and also, for those who've been following the f- movie, she's mm-hmm. actually the daughter of Maria Rambo. If you watch yes. the Captain Marvel movie, Maria was a little girl. So mm-hmm. this is, um, excuse me, Monica was a little girl, rather. Yep. So Monica's all grown up now. And this is her second appearance for those following. So she, like you said, she was in the Captain Marvel movie, and here she is again. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, like we said, in the trailers, we've seen the helicopter flying. We've also seen Monica Geraldine getting thrown out of this bubble universe at some point. So, Which is why I feel like she's probably been sent as an agent to try to break Wanda out of this space or whatever, whatever the fuck is going on. And then maybe she gets expelled at some point, whether mm-hmm. it's Agatha, maybe it's Wanda rejecting her, re- you know, rejecting her from changing her reality. Who the hell knows? But I think that's where we're going. So, since we did mention Monica and Captain Marvel and the helicopter with the sword symbol, which we see a few times, let's take a second and explain what sword is first, yes. right? All right. The first time you see the symbol um, that I know of, at least, I might have missed one, is at the end of the first episode, right? The first episode ends, it has the traditional 50s ending of the freeze frame and them looking at the camera and then the credits start rolling. Uh, a quick little Easter egg in there is that whoever direct, I mean, the person who directed that episode within the episode is Abe Brown. Abe Brown is the young black boy who was on the debate team in Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. He's one of Peter Parker's homies. So mm. now remember this takes place after Endgame five years later. Abe didn't get snapped. Abe graduated from high school, kept it moving, is now a director directing WandaVision somehow, who knows? You know, that might be just one of these. I'm sure we'll get into it. Marvel doesn't just throw things in there for no reason. Yeah. But anyway, as the camera pulls back, um, you see that someone else is watching this show. Yeah. And we see the sword symbol right there. And we see someone taking notes of it. So that's the first time. Second time's on the helicopter. And then Monica shows up. Of course, you hear the person at the end. And through the radio, calling for Wanda, asking, you know, help me. I mean, who's doing this to you? That voice is Randall Park, who we've seen before in the Mm -hmm. Ant-Man films. He plays the character Jimmy Woo. At the time, Jimmy Woo, I just love saying that name. Jimmy Woo was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. He was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah, right. and if and if you all remember, yep. uh, Shield has been in all in pretty much all of the Marvel films, led mm-hmm. by Nick Fury. Uh, and if you didn't know, at least in MCU films, it stands mm-hmm. for Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Yes, and it it's changed what it stands for several times in the MCU. So it, I'm, I mean, changed. in the Marvel yeah. comics, 
in the comments it's changed. But yeah, I'm glad you got the MCU version because I yes. it, it's changed so many times. But anyway, yes. um, in the comics, Marvel at one point, you know, they of course you got Shield, so they have Sword, which is another organization. Sword in the comic book stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department, and Sword operated out of this giant spaceship, the Peak. Which was space in station, like uh, space station, orbiting, yeah. orbiting the Earth. Yeah, orbiting the Earth, which was an orbit around the Earth. They were led by this woman, Agent Brand. They first, you first hear about Sword in Astonishing X Men by Joss Whedon. Agent Brand instantly became one of my favorite characters. I can't wait to see her on screen. I hope she shows up here. But Sword would handle all the space stuff while Shield defended the Earth. Right, Sword and the Shield. Boom. So in the MCU. Uh, SWORD stands for Sentient Weapon Op- Observation Response Division. So it's a subtle difference where they're not talking about defending the world, but they're... It's it a seems, floating weapon. <laughs> yeah. It seems that they're after people who are weapons, Yeah, a.k.a. Wanda and Viz. So... I'm sure they might, I don't, you know, okay, now, that's, all right, now, what we were talking about before and all these acronyms, right? We have S.W.O.R.D. and we have S.H.I.E.L.D. We also have HYDRA, which from the MCU was the villainous organization that Baron Von Strucker was a part of. Baron Mm -hmm. Von Strucker was in Age of Ultron. He was the dude with the monocle, and he's experimenting on Wanda and Vision, I mean, and Wanda and uh, her brother Pietro Quitsilver, right? Right. Okay, so that's Hydra. Hydra also infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. as we saw with the whole Hail Hydra and all that type Mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. Baron Von Strucker in the comics leaves Hydra and forms another organization called AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics. And they're all about, you know, super smart ideas. They're like the evil Tony Stark. The, I was about to say, they're the evil Stark Industries. Yeah, yeah the evil you, Stark If you don't believe Stark Industries are already inherently evil. There you but go. You know, that's, another, though, that's another story. Another story. <laughs> and there's also Stain Industries, which was the evil Stark Industries, if, you know, oh, Stark God. wasn't evil enough. So they're like the evil, evil Stark Industries, right? But in, in one of my favorite comics, um, Sunspot of the New Mutants, because he's rich, buys AIM. And he's like, they're not really evil. They just have bad management. You know, <laughs> that's how, that's how okay. he dealt with it. Yeah. Okay, capitalism. Here Classic. Is. You got to love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, AIM in the comics is founded by Baron Von Strucker and they go on and they're like an offshoot of Hydra and they wear these beekeeper outfits. They're not exactly beekeepers, but forever. That's what people don't they look like. They're like yellow suits with these helmets that look like beekeeper outfits. So in the movies, we have Hydra infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. So in the MCU, are we going to have something where AIM has infiltrated S.W.O.R.D.? Sword. Because we see at the end of the second episode, we see this beekeeper, who's another character who I guess we're going to talk about now, who comes up out of this manhole and everyone's like, okay, that's AIM, even though he has real bees or flies floating around him. It's very strange. Yeah, that ain't about that AIM life. But on the back of his suit, there's the sword symbol yet again. Right. So WTF. That, right. And 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 listen, we understand that the, first of all, there's a lot of information. Mad and, acronyms, right? There. And also mad acronyms. So, you know, <laughs> and, and it will be repeating it. But also it, it's interesting because it's just like there's so much new shit that people have no idea that it's, you know, especially if you've never read these comics, you have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. And 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 I don't think it's deterred too many people. Everyone has 
everyone I've seen has said like their thoughts have been what the fuck is going on, but at the same time, it's interesting. It, um, that's yeah. so. Let me just stop you there because it's so funny to me because I remember when people when I saw reviews of the show and people were like, "Oh, it's super weird, it's super weird," and I watched it. I was like, yeah, "Where was the weird?" But it's because I've read so many of these comics that I I'm like, "Oh, oh shit, are they referencing that? Are they referencing that? Are they referencing that?" But I get it. So I'm glad that the show isn't too weird where it's turning people off because I want people to be able to get it and I hope that this show our show helps them do it but yeah carry on there you go so you mentioned the character of the beekeeper that's the Ooh. next one um, as you said it could be an AIM member that's infiltrated sword it could just be a sword person that's just happened to have a beekeeper <laughs> costume on it could just be a random beekeeper it could also be possibly swarm which mm-hmm. is the name of an actual supervillain that appears uh, is an enemy of Spider-Man, and the character's entire body is made out of bees. Yes, he um, was so ill. So, so the Spider-Man link slash MCU link is there, whatever. He fought mad people, and he definitely fought uh, the West Coast Avengers a lot, who Vision and Scarlet Witch were members of at a time. Right. Um, yeah. Even though, and, and, and I see this note from you, you said, could be Mephisto coming up from hell. I mean, when they said Beelzebub slash the devil comes up from hell, he, he's it's all these flies. Those aren't flies. Lord of the bees, flies. But Lord... Whatever. Who who the hell knows? Um, interestingly, also, but and this is actually more directly related to the MCU films. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the character that was named what at the end of Thor? I don't know if it was Thor Ragnarok or the other Thor, but at the end it's of that, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok at the after credit scenes or one of the no, scenes. it's not. Okay, no, it's it Guardians make- of the Galaxy. Actually, it's not even okay. Yeah, one of them damn movies. I usually put so, so when it comes <laughs> it's to Guardians of the Galaxy, it's Guardians of the Galaxy too. All right, there so let is. me explain. When it comes to MCU stuff, anything that's dealing in space, I usually attribute that to either Guardians or Thor mm-hmm. because they all kind of all they all met up. Let's just yep. say that. Um, at the end of you say it's Guardians, okay, Guardians Galaxy of, too. Yes. At the end of that, there's a scene where it's Adam Warlock. Okay, um, it was a character like that that golden woman was like talking to and she was like i forgot what she said to him precisely but she called his him adam and everyone got all up in arms it was like yo that's adam warlock which is a huge character in the marvel comics adam warlock was created by a group of researchers who called themselves the beehive and their goal as researchers was to create the perfect human being like the pinnacle of evolution so again another reference there like it's it's this all connected in that way and to top it all off, one thing about this whole WandaVision show is that it's going to lead us into the next Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. So all of these points of, you know, all these dots that may or may not connect, they're all absolutely related. And what's really interesting about that is originally WandaVision was supposed to come out and then Doctor Strange would have come out like two months later or not even that, like a month later after the last episode. So it was like a direct roll in. But oh. now Doctor Strange, yeah, now Doctor Strange. But because Strange, of COVID. And because everything else, Doctor Strange has been coming out for like two years. So Fahey has already said that, you know, they're used to having switched things up. So he's like, yeah. don't don't trip. But it seems that what they've done now to switch things up is because Doctor Strange is this multiverse of madness. And they're going to have Peter Parker doing all kind of wild shit in uh, Spider-Man 3 leading up to that. There's also, this is a rumor, but this rumor seems Pretty confirmed right now that uh, Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men films, is going to show up in WandaVision. He is, because he is in the IMDb page. 
There we go. He yep. absolutely is. I don't know how many episodes, but he's absolutely showing up for at least one episode. Yeah, because he, he posted something earlier today and then deleted it. So people are still, you know, but it there you go. It seems that he's going to show up. So it seems that most of phase four that we're, this is taking off is going to be dealing with multiverse and time shenanigans, dimension hopping, all that type of stuff. So... And Adam Warlock is finally actually supposed to show up in uh, Phase 4 as well at some point. So we will see that. So that's why I'm like, perhaps that's what's going on here. Who knows? I'm going to put money that the dude is... But the flies throw me off. The flies or the bees throw me off. I would just say They're that bees. he's sword. Yeah. You know, but I the bees really throw me off. <laughs> I mean, I don't... You know, I'm not even going to speculate further because I'm like... It, no matter what, we're going to be wrong. <laughs> we're going to we be really close, but not quite because Kevin Feige and friends are very good at misdirection. So, mm-hmm. and, and especially with the fact that with this one character, we named five different references that could go in either direction. That's what they want. So we're going to move on to the next character. I do want to mention um, Dottie, uh, who okay. is the neighbor who, as I mentioned, she's essentially the boss of Westview, that town. And she's the first person to one tell not be like all like bubblegum like everybody else mm-hmm. she's very she's much more like lay down the law serious and she also is the first person to tell wanda that she thinks something is up with her and vision mm-hmm. which is like okay is this also another person who you know got inserted into this world is this a, is this a figment of wanda's imagination that's starting to break down like what is she really now and she also Dottie also has the second bug out moment, right? Yes. When Dottie cuts her hand, not only do we see the blood in red, Dottie for a second has that moment where she's like, I'm cut, this is fucked up, all that. And then instantly goes back and makes a joke and we hear the audience laughing again and it's like we're track. back in this <laughs> Truman show, sitcom, whatever. Yeah. Now the first one that we didn't mention earlier is the Hart family when they come to dinner in the first episode, right? Like we talked about earlier, the first episode is shot completely like a 50 sitcom, which is pretty much one camera, wide shots of the living room, everything in focus all at once. Until they sit down to have dinner and Mr. Hart starts choking. Some people have said that Wanda actually forces Mr. Hart to start choking when he starts asking too many questions. That's what I'm thinking because... She does wink. You know, which could be her using her Was magic power right then. Oh, I, I didn't see her wink. It's just that the the way it just, the timing was mm-hmm. just a little suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be yep. suspicious. It was a little suspicious. And the fact that they're all just kind of like sitting there and then the wife, and again, this is also could be part of this weird universe they're in. But the wife is just like, stop that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stop that. Like, like he's like, like her husband is joking, but her husband is choking to death. Yes. But the fact that the wife seemingly doesn't notice and understand what's happening makes me think more to your point that perhaps Wanda did this on purpose to try to stop Mr. Hart from asking Or questions. is the wife telling Wanda stop that or telling Wanda and Vision stop that? Like, is she like, y'all in control of this world, stop my husband from choking? You know, there's a lot of things right there where I'm not sure because the, it seems that everything breaks. And when everything breaks, the camera starts going into single shots of them Real weird, exaggerated angles and stuff. Shit that you never saw in a 50s sitcom. Shit you never saw on TV back then in general. But that's what it is. It's like the world is breaking. And then as soon as 
throughout the episode, we've seen that um, vision is nothing but, I mean, everyone in the episode, they do everything with practical effects, right? The saucers floating, all this stuff is practical. But when Mr. Hart starts choking and Wanda says, save him, vision reaches into his chest and it's all CGI again. Yeah. A vision pulling that thing out of his throat. Mm-hmm. So then right away it goes back and we're back to the wide angle shots. The uh, audience, you know, the laugh track hits up again. Everybody's back to normal and they bounce like nothing ever happened. Yeah, yeah. And So and these Mr- are the two times that where it's like breaks down and then right away it snaps back. And Mr. Hart as a character, he is Vision's boss at mm-hmm. his, as his what, computational what is there? Who, who knows? My man was sitting there talking about <laughs> if we do the paper horizontally versus vertically, we can get more done on it. Like, like yo, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, what are you even talking about? Like he's so, oh, they work at Computational Services, Inc., which is CSI. There we go. CSI. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, his wife, Mrs. Hart. Um, yeah. Uh, is that all the characters? Did we, oh, we talked about, we didn't talk about Norm. Who we didn't talk about Norm. Vision's co-worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least the, the most the most um, talkative one thus far. And Norm is a little um, looks like he's the East Indian dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and f- interestingly, in the comics, there was a character called Norm. His name was Norm Webster, and he was the real estate agent that sold Scarlet Witch and Vision their house in Leonia, New Jersey, after their first one was destroyed. Mm. So their second house. Um, and then I think the last character that we didn't mention yet is Herb. Yes. That's the black dude that's at that the, <laughs> their meeting. What's that second yes. episode? The neighborhood um, watch meeting. The neighborhood watch meeting, which was hilarious. hilarious. It was like, we don't really do anything at this meeting, right? We just yeah. eat, you know, eat. scones or whatever. But and, and um, what's, the, what's the interesting thing about Herb? Herb is possibly the high evolutionary, which is... Oh, man, we are just dropping so much random Marvel shit on people right now. But High Evolutionary is another character, as his name implies, he is the High Evolutionary. He is a dude who evolution, like, evolution is all is he about. So, at one point, he creates these things called the New Men, which are basically animals that he has evolved into where they are bipedal and walking around and talking and all that. And he creates mm-hmm. this whole city of them. Up in the mountains. I think he does it so they can battle some evil demon that's in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Comet folks, right? Right. But, but one of I... these new men, Bova. Oh, we got... Hold Wait, on. what were you going to say? I was just going to close off Herb and we get to oh, Bova okay. later. Yes. Because yeah. this, this is it gets really confusing. Convoluted, yes. Um, and very convoluted. Um, the interesting thing about him, because I just realized it, because you said he's the, his character or the character he may be referenced as mm-hmm. is the high evolutionary. I just mentioned there's a whole group who's concerned with making, you know, the most evolved human mm-hmm. called the beekeeper. So it's this, again, it's this all connected. I keep feeling like this circle keeps getting wider. Yep. Um, but Herb might be the high, people are surmising that Herb is the high evolutionary only because the high evolutionary's real name is Herbert. And so people are like, you know, we're, Herbert Edgar Winham. Yeah, Winham, yes. Very, like, you know, nose in the air type of name. But Google the High Evolutionary, y'all. I love his costume. It's just one of the illest costumes in comics to me. So check him out. But, yes, he created this race of new men. One of them is called Bova, who is a woman who is a cow. Or a cow woman, I guess, is the proper terminology. Mm-hmm. 
That's part of the Easter eggs. Yeah. I'll just I'll just mention them both because you know the new man and all that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think we're done with characters, right? So yeah, we're done with the characters. So um, we we talked about how we, why we won't go into each you know every single scene. We did want to talk about the themes of the show. Mm-hmm. So y- y- we touched on it a lot already. We talked about the idea of of everything being based in this TV show format, and I like how you how you express this here, Ben. The idea of television dictating modern life. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah, yeah, like television and media has always pretty much controlled and shown people how life is lived. Like I was watching this movie, I was watching America, one of the American uh, Pie movies today, and somebody walked up to somebody at a dance and was like, "Can I cut in?" And I was like, "Yo, that has never happened to me in real life." Can I? Cut but in? I've seen it in so many TV shows. I'm I was going to tweet that, like, has that ever happened to y'all? You know, has anyone ever cut in on a dance that you, you know, with you? I feel like that's wild disrespectful. <laughs> maybe it's just me. And it's like, like, I'm like, yes, I mind. No, you yeah, can't like, dance with my and, man. And like, who what? thought that this was cool? You know, wh- wh- how did this become a thing in television, right? Where people are always cutting in. But that type of thing where people learn from TV, right? And back in the day, as we see on the show, um, television couples slept in beds that were apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just, you know, so weird, but it's because of America being conservative and all that, and they don't want to have too much sexiness on Super TV, Christian, you know? Christian, Bible belt, you Yeah, know, so you stuff. had beds being separated. But then, as the show moves on into the second episode, I mean, it's really, this is the only time you see them in their beds, but first their beds are separated, and then the beds move together. Boom, right? Wanda moves them together. Because we're seeing more development where shows are being more willing to show how, you know, real life is. You know, real life people marry couples that not sleep in separate twin beds. Yeah, yeah. I wonder also if, like I said, besides being this, in my head, a bubble universe, bubble world, is this also indicative of Wanda's development? Like, if she is in a very traumatic place where she's just not herself, and the fact that each episode is going through each time period of tv like we start in the 50s then we go into the 60s and then obviously then at the end of this second episode the whole episode goes into full color it's full technicolor we're going mm-hmm. into the 70s and so on and so forth is this the evolution of her as a as a person of her of her being in this place like is this her growing and becoming more understanding of what's happening and and becoming more aware because you know, if you think about it again, the evolution of TV, the evolution of Wanda—it's it's black and white and very uh, old, old school, traditional gender roles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes forward, things start, as you say, her, the way she dresses. Yep. Uh, you know, she had that especially that 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 fifties dress, very you know, very impractical when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's wearing a pants, yeah, you know, like a pant outfit. And then she's probably going to be wearing some type of seventies, you know, flower child's type stuff next. And then goes on and on and on where it's like, when you think about it, when you think about America, like the evolution of, of, of womanhood or, or, or mm-hmm. the evolution of family and, and, and all of that, it just feels like this is just a, a mirror of the evolution of her, whether mentally, emotionally, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And it's also like you said, this is also because we see this in the commercials that are in these episodes. This also relates to Wanda's childhood, right? Wanda grew up mm-hmm. in Sokovia. And so she's watching America from a distance. Like most mm. people in Europe and other countries, they see America through television. So they see very idealized ideas about what America is. Yeah. So 
This is Wanda what she wanted. Like people have asked, where her, did her accent go? But this is what Wanda thinks of is the American woman. No accent, none of that. So Wanda's portraying herself in this world as the you know idealized American woman, the Stepford Wives. Um, we already talked about Truman Show. Another great movie that this references is uh, Pleasantville, where the kids get trapped in the black and white world and keep bringing color into it as they, you know, open up the world. It's kind of like Footloose for color because it's the same type of theory, really. It's like Footloose, you know, this conservative town, mm-hmm. white boy comes in dancing, you know, and everybody <laughs> opens up and, you know, everybody has a Coke and a fucking smile at the end or some shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> Coke and a <yeah. and> smile. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not a Coke and a smile. Um, yeah, give the world some hope. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say about like that whole idea of TV, like TV as... Um, dictating my or dictating life and you know and art imitating life life imitating art well also like as we move in like the first episode is the did van dyke show also referencing shows like mary tyler moore which was one of the first shows that really started portraying the independent woman and stuff and really changed the game you know like really opened up the world where women would see this stuff and be like oh no i want that type of life you know i don't want this type of life that i saw that every show told me I had mm-hmm. to have before this. You know, now it's like shows are telling you, you can have this type of life, you can have that type of life. Then we all um, move into the, well, one thing real quick about the first episode. The first episode ends with the, the freeze frame and them looking at the camera, like we said, the credits rolling and the hexagon closing in on them. Yeah. And that's typical of like those old school shows. But the idea of the hexagon, we see the little flash of the magic is obviously Wanda's, well, not obviously for those who read comic books, Wanda's power used to be referred to as the hex power. She casts hexes on people, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the hexagon. Also six sides, six infinity stones. Boom, boom, boom. Right? That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So, like, that was my thing watching this show. I was like, yo, they, uh, like, that was my thing. I'm like, are there more Easter eggs than there's story in this in these two episodes? I mean, uh, let's Maybe. continue. Let's continue. So <laughs> right. but another... Yeah, Let's continue in terms of themes. Yep. So I, I saw one of the big things I saw is is this questioning of what is normal, mm-hmm. what is real, what is reality again, which is why I'm like, this can't, you know, this is some, this is a world of her making. Um, you know, maybe she's under duress, but it's still maybe her making. Um, there's constant talk about uh, between Juan and Vision talking about trying to fit in, trying to be a normal couple. I mean, that's something that they've talked about for the longest when they were, you know, secretly dating each other before they even came out as a couple. But mm-hmm. especially now in this world where, as you say, they're trying to, or Wanda particularly, is trying to live this idealized uh, uh, frame of reference that she thinks that they should be. She she wants their, she tells, you know, she makes Vision change his face to look more human. She she hides her powers. Everything's so secretive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's that normal. It's that, like, they're not normal people. So what exactly is normal? Mm-hmm. Um you know, the fact that they don't seem to know how they got there or even the details of their own relationship. And the idea of this, of them being these old school sitcom TV worlds. Um, and it seems like minus the racism, because if you think about it, like in in this show from the 50s, like you wouldn't be seeing Monica Rambeau and the rest of them in there. Norm. So, or her. None of them. None <laughs> so, of them. yeah. It's also interesting, something from the first to the second show, and I'm sure we'll see this in the third episode, is that Wanda, whoever is doing this, is filling in this world. Mm-hmm. In the first episode, it's like a damn near empty cul-de-sac. There's just nothing in there. Mm-hmm. And like they moved in. Yeah, like they moved in. And she's yeah. like one of the first people in the neighborhood. And then there's like the Dick Van Dyke home that they're in. Mm-hmm. 
Second home, second episode without any warning or anything. Completely new house they're in. <laughs> Neighborhood Did is the now change. Yo, completely changed. Oh Watching, I mean, completely. When she's rolling the magic cabinet into the living room, it's not the same living room anymore. Like that shit was a mad open house with their little stovetop um, fireplace over there, and you know they had the double open windows to the kitchen. None of that's there anymore in the second episode. There's Jesus. stairs leading down into the living room. It's just a completely different house. And uh, I've already seen clips from the third ho- episode, which is the Brady Bunch house, where they're like recreating the Brady Bunch house. So they're going to be in a different house then. When she steps outside, the neighborhood is now filled in. You see a mailman and all this stuff in the second episode. Like there's actual people, you know, they have meetings, they go to the pool, there's all this stuff. So it's like the world is being created and filled in as Wanda, whoever's like, oh, I need more details to make this more real. Okay. Yep. Well, the next theme was time and clocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of, again, <laughs> you question all of her abilities. She could damn near do anything. Yeah. One I mean, of, even in the comments, it's like whatever they needed her yeah. to do at any moment, Wanda would do. Right. So one of her abilities is to manipulate time and control time, you know, mm-hmm. time stone notwithstanding. They call it one of the ways to call it is chronokinesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, you know, slowing down time, freezing time, doing time travel, manipulating the duration of anything, which is basically like you're accelerating time. Like if it takes 10 minutes to cook something, she can do it in 20 seconds or something like that. Point is, that's just the power she has. So, um, you know, there's tons of references to time and there's various times shown throughout the WandaVision world and in the commercial, particularly in the commercials. I don't know if we should dwell too much on those times because they could just be throwaway stuff. Yeah. Um, perhaps a pattern will come up later, but but considering that they're, to me, in this bubble universe, it, it, it to me, it was more indicative of time not mattering. Like, also, um, I rewatched pretty much all of the Wanda and Vision movies like Age of Ultron, Civil War, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they made so many references to stealing time. Mm-hmm. That's like their whole thing. Like even um, in Infinity War, they're together before they get attacked. And they're talking about, we stole the last two years. We've been doing this, stealing moments, all this. And that's a constant thing with them. So this is them finally getting the time that they've always been trying to have together. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, when I rewatch all their movies, like, it's not much, but they do a good job of developing their relationship, you know, considering they had, like, 20 million other characters to deal with at the same time. I, you know, what I, I have, uh, I say this famously, I famously yes. not liked their, their yep. relationship or, to me, the lack thereof. I just never felt the chemistry, mm-hmm. but I do feel it in this show. Oh, they're incredible I, in this I show. I really do feel it yeah. in this show. And again, maybe that's, like you said, the movies had so many other characters mm-hmm. and themes and arcs to deal with that they just really didn't have the time to develop it. Yeah. But I, I just, I just never gave a damn about them. But now I'm like, oh, there's, you know, they're stuck in the, <laughs> in yeah, the storybook so together. No. So <laughs> I actually great. like them. Yes, I like them now. Vision, so. that's the Vision and Starlet Witch are. That's like my couple as a kid. Like that was my favorite couple. Oh. Yeah. No, I love them. You know, because I just, I, I've related to Vision to being that weird dude. You know, and then. You know, Starlet Witch was hot and, you know, she had dope powers. So I just loved them. And that miniseries by Steve Ingar, it, I would not recommend it. It doesn't like, you know, it's not like this great series. But that, as a kid, you know, I'm reading this series about them trying to have this family. And then they had the kids at the end. And it was just all sweet. And then this dude, John Byrne, 
comes along and just Fs it all up a few years later and <laughs> um, and then finally in this this time theme category um, in both the toasters and the watch commercials that are mm-hmm. in between those episodes um, there is a ticking sound even a countdown um, which is you know references to the to things in the past as well as the future and of course time itself so oh, yeah. you know as you say are there, is, is, is time counting down like that's the t- as you say they're stealing time to be together but do they not have a lot of time left in this world is she going to get pulled out eventually what's going on mm-hmm Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've got the other theme in the second episode, which really hits hard, is for the children. You know, because they're having this whole big talent show for the children of the town, even though we see no none of them children. No, <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, wait a minute, where are all the kids at? Yeah, where are all the kids enjoying this magic show? Right. Why were the grown adults enjoying it? And I'm like, what is the point? But anyway, anyway that's happening. There are no kids in this town. Maybe because they ain't, this town ain't been filled in with kids yet. One ain't realize, oh, I need kids here too to make this town more real. <laughs> but no, there are no kids. They're having this big production for the children. Uh, they keep repeating this, for the children. They keep line. repeating it. They chant it even. It's very like cults. As you children said, of the children corn. corn is weird. Mm-hmm. Adonis keeps bringing it up and all her appearances, every time she sees Wanda, it's either fuck, you know, or have kids. That's pretty much what she's telling her. Oh, you know, fuck and then have kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all she about. So there and, is this thing. And then at the end of the second episode, yeah. Wanda, out of nowhere, is pregnant. Yep. Like, you see her stomach crush. <laughs> right. Like, oh, okay. And, and then. Which aligns with the books. Which, which aligns, aligns with, the with the books. Because she becomes pregnant out of nowhere, pretty much in the books. Yeah. Then. She asks Vision, is this real? And then Vision's distracted by this noise that he keeps hearing throughout this episode outside. Vision, of course, being the analytical dude, goes to investigate, and that's when we see the beekeeper. (laughs) Not without first being scared. Which, hilarious. Why is the Vision scared? You're an android dude. You're pretty much impervious. What are you scared about? Because the Vision's been killed twice. (laughs) 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 he ain't trying to get got by the monster under the bed no i, I just I, you know and again that, that also should show you that there's something not quite right with where they are because mm-hmm. why would vision being as you say an android and analytical why would he even experience fear or an mm. approximation of fear when earlier he said he can't even experience exaggeration so which one is it is it uchi wali or is it what mike <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes outside to investigate. That's when we see the beekeeper. Wanda is immediately like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, I'm well, good, actually. That was so cool. She just said no. Very no. forceful no. And that's what I mean when I say she has these moments of being lucid. Mm-hmm. Where she's just either lucid or she decides, okay, I'm not going to play along. This is not happening. She says no. She rewinds reality, which again Everything. is her chronokinesis. She rewinds the bubble reality they're but, in to, to look, basically Thanos skip never that had part. no damn uh, VHS effect <laughs> when he when he hit rewind <laughs> on Vision's head. You know there was no VHS effect. I mean, so but, she does that to basically remove the beekeeper person, whatever they are, from the situation. Or does she just remove Vision from going out to see what you know the beekeeper? That's or, the thing. Or, or that. And again, yes. that 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 uh, that goes back to what we were saying about time and all the other stuff. And then Ooh, once the again, she asked Vision, "Is this real?" She asked him that both times. She asked him, "Is this real?" When she realizes she's pregnant, but then Vision goes outside 
to see what's going on. Then this time she asks, is this real? He says, yes. And the color comes into the scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so, so that's why I'm just like all of these times of, of lucidness. And when, when the characters like Dottie and Mr. Hart are like, you know, Mr. Hart choking and Dottie crushing the glass in her hand. Like you, you hear like this pinging noise and, and, mm-hmm. If, you know, everyone's just staring at each other, not moving. It's really weird. Like, is this people, is this the sh- the sword ages or someone else getting through to Wanda? Like, is is the reality actually breaking at that point? Like, what's what's happening? Man, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, and to finally round out the themes, uh, the last one we have here is you're being watched. Uh, there, you know, of course, we talked about earlier that they had the, the um, neighborhood watch program mm-hmm. that they didn't really watch anything. Um <laughs> There's the literal take of this as us as an audience, we're watching Wanda and Vision in a, in a TV show, um, which, of course, Wanda, she breaks the fourth wall a few times. She, as sometimes and other characters, recognize that things may not be what they seem, but they go right back into it. Um, and as you say, you hear laugh, real laugh tracks and just strange things that would, would say, well, this is a TV show. This ain't this is just a set, but it's just not computing. Yeah, I just had a thought I, because they say that they're, and we already see it, they're going through the eras of sitcoms and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So are they eventually going to get to, what was the first Break the Fourth Wall sitcom? Like, I know recently it's been Dirtbag, or Fleabag has been a big one, but I know that's not the mm-hmm. first one. So like, is like Wanda they, eventually just going to start talking to the camera? Like, oh, I'm going to say not like House of Cards. Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. how yeah, House of Cards does it too, but yeah, like Fleabag. They do it a lot. Yeah, Fleabag does it. You know, that's it's comedy with Fleabag. But mm-hmm. I know there was one in like the 80s or 90s too, but it probably wasn't that big. But I wonder, I'm sure they're going to. Because they, like you said, they've already got her looking mm-hmm. at the camera. So why not I, just go all mean, the way? It's a common trope that a lot of shows deal mm-hmm. with, which which works really well to great effect. When what if they do like writing? Sex in the City? Wasn't Samantha always like thinking? She was talking out loud to herself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, she was definitely thinking, do thinking out city. loud to herself. So. You know they're going to do a Sex in the City shout out. They have to do that at some point. What are they, whatever. They don't have Because they're going to do Married with Children. We know that much. That's, I've seen, are they? Look, yeah, I've seen the clips the of, that look like Married with Children. Hell yeah. That's coming probably. That's okay. probably a week four. Okay. Yeah. Because um, Shorty uh, was in the, uh, in her little, like, uh, a robot. Adnes is in their robots outfit. From the 80s. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Oh, right. With her right. hair all 80'd out. It's great. Right. Yeah. Also in the You Are Being Watched theme, uh, we mentioned WandaVision knowing they need to hide their powers because they don't want anybody to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like, even when poor Vision is drunk off of some fucking gum, um, he, <laughs> you know, Wanda's constantly trying to hide. Like people are literally watching them and 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 they're they're going through these motions and, and like basically they could get caught any moment but mm-hmm. she, she, she she's able to kind of mask it all away um, and once again that's her trying to keep the illusion going yes and then obviously at the end you mentioned earlier at the end of each episode appears to be an agent or someone of some sort watching mm-hmm. them on an old school monitor so yep. you are being watched in many many degrees which also goes back to the Truman show idea you know that yeah. this just also seems to be paying tribute to Truman Show, Pleasantville, and a lot of other things like that where people are being watched. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. So that rounds out all of the characters and all the main themes that we've, we've, we've watched for these first two episodes. We're going to close this out with Easter eggs inspirations that we saw, which are 
tons. And Ben, I like how you said that earlier. Like, is this more Easter egg than story? Or <laughs> That's how I felt the first times watching it. I've watched right. the episodes twice and I, I enjoyed them, but I also was like, wow, y'all are really heavy on these. I just you know? think that's the first few episodes because yeah. I, they're trying to act acclimate you as much as they can to a very strange situation mm -hmm. and also based on what i've been reading like the last two episodes they say are going to be very uh a typical marvel, marvel action yeah like action scene so it's got to build up to a story especially with with monica rambo slash geraldine being there yeah we've seen some of those clips where she's like vision this is our home let's defend it and it looked like a typical it looked like civil war or anything so yeah 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 that's coming um okay you, yeah. So let's so you Oof. mentioned the first uh, Easter egg such inspiration I want you to talk about because you mentioned it <laughs> earlier is Bova. Who and what is Bova and why does this matter? Okay. And where do you all, even see this reference of Bova? Yes. All right. In the, the second episode, the first episode opens for the Dit Van Dyke opening. The second opening is uh like a bewitched opening, which is all animated. And because it's animated, they throw in reference upon reference upon reference. There's a shot of um wanda and geraldine monica in a grocery store standing there talking together in the background we have three different signs the first one is wonder something which is covered up by wanda's head i'll do back to wonder that. bread right or yeah wonder bread whatever the second one is drink bova milk or whatever right which mm -hmm. is our bova reference okay um wow i'm just trying to figure out how to Draw about this. Anyway, Bova, like I said before, is created by the high evolutionary. She's this cow woman mm -hmm. who at one point acts as midwife to Wanda and Pietro quits over her brother and then raises them when uh, something happens to their mom. Mm -hmm. You could now, just leave it there. You could just leave it there. Yeah, I could leave it there. But there are there's so many parentages and all this shit for even Wanda. Like, you know, at one point, Magneto was her father. Then he wasn't. Who knows? I don't the one know what I know is that Magneto's her dad. Yeah, I, as I grew up, Magneto was her daddy. You the, the, know, so that's the, how you know Magneto is her daddy to me. But the story you know. I know is that Magneto mm -hmm. got this woman named Magda pregnant. Magda, his, his yeah, which wife. is always so great. Magneto and Magda. I Magneto mean, and Magda. They were married. He got her pregnant. Mm -hmm. Magda left him because she wasn't fucking with him. He was yep. he was he was wilding. Um, as you say, Bova is a <laughs> midwife to Magda and helps. Um, that helps Magda deliver her twins, Pietro and Wanda. Yes. And of course, as you say, Bova just helps raise the kids. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what the parentage is, the point is Bova is, is uh, at least in the comments, was essential to their upbringing, at least early on. Yes. Okay. Now, back to um, Wonder Man, Wonder Bread, right? Wonder, the Wonder Bread references Wonder Man, who is another character who is an Avenger. He's this dude named Simon Williams. He first shows up in an issue of Avengers. He joins the Avengers, then he betrays them, and he dies. All in like two issues. You know, this is early comic books where things move quick. My man dies dead for years. While he's dead, Ultron comes along and wants to create Vision. Ultron steal Simon Williams' brain patterns for some reason, Simon's good candidate, I guess, and makes them into Vision. Vision, you know, then goes on to join the Avengers, fights Ultron, etc., joins Avengers, falls in love with Scarlet Witch. They start dating. Wonder Man comes back to life, of course. Wonder Man comes back to life. Um, later on, Vision dies. Wonder Man says he's in love with Scarlet Witch because it was his brain patterns that Called Fishing to fall in love with her in the first place. They start dating. It's a gross test. Like, 
I hate that shit. I hate it. I hate it. Regardless of it's grotesque, it's just confusing. Super confusing. Um, to add to the confusion, in the animated opening, we also see this helmet, which is the Grim Reaper's helmet. The Gr- not the like you know traditional Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper okay. is a supervillain in Marvel named Eric Williams. Eric, obviously Simon Williams. Eric is his brother. When Simon dies, Eric blames the Avengers and becomes the Grim Reaper and tries to, you know, kill them all. But actually just gets himself killed like two or three times, if I remember correctly. Like, he stays taking L's because he ain't got no powers. All he has is a little scythe or whatever. And he stays getting served and resurrected, whatever. So, seeing that all these references are there... And uh, people have seen like artwork of Wonder Man in the offices of the people working on this show. So it seems oh. that we might actually see, you know, Wonder Man in some way, form, and Grim Reaper show up. I hope so because I love Wonder Man. I just hated that right. that whole thing with him stealing Vision's Daryl. That was gross. But it's also wild because the MCU version of Vision, he came about completely different. Completely different. It had nothing to do with this no guy. No brain patterns. But- you know. But we're gonna have to get them in there somehow because you know it's like that's what the MCU does. They're gonna figure out right. a way to make it work, you right. know. Um, another Easter Shoot. egg. Um, I actually got through that. That was amazing. You see what I'm saying? It's like you just gotta know when to stop. Like yeah. we give you a lot of information, yeah, but let's we, we're not gonna give you everything. It gets worse. Yeah. Um the next Easter egg, uh Wanda, when she's um after she she's killing herself to make dinner, which was so ridiculous. It was very I love Lucy. Like it was just <laughs> off the wall. But um she pours a bottle of wine which has the name Maison du Mefris, which could be a reference to House of M, because that wine name French, it means house of like contempt. <laughs> um and you know, and it's also M, House of M, literally. Yeah. yeah, House of M that all that thing came that whole situation came out of contempt, so here you are. And um, yeah. Who are we? The quickest version of House of M is that Wanda, uh, we were talking about her having these twins. She, Her twins get taken away from her like they're, they're just drawn from the earth. You know, right? She loses her children. Agatha Harkness makes her forget that she ever had children. Erases the memory of the children from mm-hmm. anyone on the planet Earth. So she basically never knew she had kids. But she and finds out. Then years later, of course, she finds, she finds out. out. She bugs out, gets mad as, you know, she should, and creates this whole world, House of M, where Magneto is ruler of the planet. Mad- mm-hmm. Mutants are basically all on top, doing their thing. She has her children. Everything's great. Eventually, she finds out this world is fake, and Magneto's just as dirty and evil in this world as he is in the other world. And so she utters the famous line, no more mutants. Yeah. Erases House of M and pretty much erases most of the millions of mutants on Earth, reduces them down to a few hundred. Who once yeah. again House of, House of M is a wild is a wild storyline, but it's definitely something you should read, especially with this WandaVision show, just to get a mm-hmm. lot more background into the characters and into her her potential motivations. Um something I learned while researching is um the townsfolk, if you will, the nosy neighbors and, them, and this person and that person, they all these different people who we met and probably will continue to meet as we go along in this series, they could be the Salem 7 or there could mm-hmm. be some connection to the Salem 7. Yep. Um, Salem 7 was a group of magically mutated mutants, superhumans. Superhumans, not mutants, yeah. All of them shared the same father, Nicholas Scratch. Um we mentioned Nicholas Scratch before, at least by name, when um, 
we said that Agatha Harkness has a rabbit that she named Senor Scratch. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on there. Um, the, the Salem Seven all like lived together in this place called New Salem, and they were initially led by who else? Agatha Harkness. They all get blown up pretty good in the uh, Starlet Witch and Vision series too. Mm, okay. Yeah, they get yeah they get served. They tried to. I can't remember what they were trying to do, but they were trying to do something wild, and they all get blown up pretty well. Wow. Yeah. I thought I thought the most also the most important part of this whole Salem Seven thing is that um, when you look them up, their allies include obviously Nicholas Scratch, uh, New Warriors, one of your faves, and the Doctor Strange, which would lead us into the whole Doctor Strange story uh, in the MCU film coming up. Yeah. Uh, you talked about before about the hex symbol, Wanda's power. Um, the ending of the first episode is mm-hmm. a hex symbol. The second mm-hmm. episode ends in the diamond, like the, the stone on Vision's head. In Vision's head. Right. Um, Abe. Uh, yeah, I mean, talk I guess, about this one. What's this about? Okay, which one? Abe, you were talking okay, about. Okay, Abe Brown, right? When the credits are rolling on the first episode, it says directed by Abe Brown. And Abe Brown, like we said, is a student at Peter's High School who was on the debate team with him. He's a young black kid. In the comics, Abe Brown also becomes this character called the Black Tiger, a martial artist. Uh, long story. But in the movies, he's just on the debate team with Peter. But remember, the blip happened, and we're five years ahead at this point. So Abe might be one of those kids who didn't get blipped out and grew snapped. up, graduated. <laughs> yeah, didn't get snapped, graduated, moved on with his life, and is now somehow directing... Uh, parallel universe episodes of WandaVision. We, I have no idea. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Um, let's talk about these commercials. Let's talk about the commercials. Um, yes. Okay, go ahead. Alright, in the first episode we have this commercial for the Toastmate 2000, which is a toaster produced by Stark Industries. There's this couple, a man and a woman, sitting there. They first put a some bread into the first toaster and it cooks it instantly. And then they put it into the overcooked. It burns it. Burns it. Yeah. Burns that joint crisp. And then the man says, are you, Hey, he said, Hey husbands, are you tired of your wife burning your toast? Like nigga, what again, these crazy gender roles that they got going on. But that's classic, you know, commercials and classic TV. That's how it was. Mm. So then they get the toast made 2000, the new joint and they're sitting there and they're waiting and it's ticking. And they're looking dead at the camera. And they're looking dead at the camera all creepily. There's a red light flashing on it. And it takes forever, right? Mm -hmm. And, of course, this is made by Stark Industries. Mm -hmm. Now, the reference that everybody was pulling from these is so... It's a memory. So, yeah, it takes a memory, but it's also so cold-blooded and disturbing. I'm I'm hoping that this is just people thinking it is. No, I want it to be this so bad. Please say this. The first one burns the bread to a crisp it's like god it's so gross to say it vision i mean not vision Starlet witch and Pietro. silvers pietro's parents were killed by a bomb that was a stark industries bomb it burned them to a crisp mm-hmm. then for days they had to sit there and wait and look at the second bomb which didn't detonate but they thought it was so the whole time they were they thought they were going to die the whole time they thought they were going to die, they're sitting there with this ticking bomb with Stark Industries written on the side of it. So, is the Toastmaster a reference to Wanda's childhood? Since everything else in these shows seems to be a reference to Wanda's childhood. 
And Which if so, that is the most reason. cold-blooded writing that I've ever seen. Like and More reason that this is a world of whether she's being additionally influenced or not. It's a world of her making. The toaster also goes back to the comic books. Um, Vision has been famously called a toaster throughout his history. People always be like, this toaster, this toaster. John Byrne, the writer-artist who I brought up before, famously got upset when Vision and Scarlet Witch fell in love and married. And he was like, there's no way you can marry a toaster. No way or a toaster could have children. I can't remember what his whole thing was. But <laughs> he was really upset. John Burns is one of them dudes. You know, if he don't like it, he don't like it. F your feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he destroyed Vision, basically killed Vision off, recreated him where he didn't have any memories of their marriage and had no emotional connection to Wanda. And so they basically fall apart. And that's when Wonder Woman, I mean, Wonder Man started coming on to Wanda. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, ugh. Um, Unrelatedly, it's just, I don't know why I thought about this, but if you are a Battlestar Galactica fan, they mm-hmm. refer to Cylons as toasters. Yep. Yeah. It comes up so much in sci fi like aliens. I mean, like robots that. are always being called toasters. Yeah. In the Tom Kane Vision series, another comic book that we highly recommend you read through if you want to get some more background on this series, it has one of the best summations of Vision and Wanda's whole relationship in one of the issues. Ever, but in that issue, they refer to Vision as a toaster several times. Mm. Yep. All right, and then we have the second commercial. The second commercial is the second episode is for a Strucker watch, and as we mentioned before, Baron von Strucker was one of the members of Hydra who left and formed AIM. So we have um, this Strucker watch, and Strucker was also the guy who experimented on Wanda and Pietro, probably giving them their powers. <laughs> yes, yeah. So we have these two commercials with the same once again the same couple shows up again, you know, mm-hmm. dude and this woman. So we're wondering are those the parents of Wanda and Quicksilver? Or are they agents? Or are they agents, you know? More agents that are trying to get through to her. I mean, but the thing is, which agents are they, right? Because in the Strucker Watch commercials, you have the Hydra name and logo on the watch. Yep. Um, so who do they work for? Uh, again, this whole thing about being watched with stuff. Um, Baron, and, then, and, 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 Baron and the toaster Wolfgang, was Stark. Like, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker was the name of the villain in the Age of Ultron movie. Yeah, he has some of the best lines. He's like, um, he tells all his men, we will never surrender. And they all run out the door. He turns to his <laughs> homie, I'm about to send a run, surrender to the Avengers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So there, there's lots of, you know, the thing about this is that it's opening. I mean, that's the whole one of the main points of this WandaVision series is to uh, expand the universe of Marvel even further. Like, mm-hmm. you know, also bring in help to open up more doorways for things like mutants and stuff like that. But also to help introduce these new organizations. We mentioned AIM. We mentioned SWORD. We mentioned uh well, we talked. We always been talking about Hydra. Always been talking Hydra, but always been talking about Shield. But there's even more that that are are coming to pass, and they're all related to all of these newer characters, as we talked about. You know, Monica and Rambeau and Captain Marvel and things like that. So, um, it's just it, it is important to like really start grasping on like all of these different organizations. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, speaking of organizations, we I think we mentioned them really quick, but. The voice that you hear during the episode. Yeah. Yeah. We hear someone calling out to Wanda, who is doing this to you, Wanda? Who is doing this to you? 
And that voice is uh, Jimmy Woo, Randall Park, who we saw in the Ant-Man films, working for S.W.O.R.D., working for S.H.I.E.L.D., not sure what, but he's looking for, you know, Wanda, obviously, and trying to find out what's going on with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, this show, there uh, we, we mentioned lots of different books and stories. One of the ones you should absolutely read is tom king's division series Mm -hmm. that is the i mean i remember when ben first brought it up what like two years two and a half years ago now two part three yeah now uh yeah yeah, one of the best comics i've ever read and and it's really amazing and there's so many references and beats from that book that are have been directly you know either either specifically or, or like even just 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 a hair different away from um the book that, that have shown up in WandaVision. So I absolutely recommend reading that. Um, also, you know, kind of an Easter egg there. Um, mm-hmm. And August, speaking of a, yeah. another one real quick, yeah. in the second episode, we have the, the magical centered episode, the vanishing cabinet that they're using for the magic trick has the soul stone on the front of it. Also mm-hmm. the stage names that they use when they're doing their magic show are glamor and illusion. And Glamour and Illusion are actually two characters from the Vision and Wanda Starlet. I mean, what Starlet Witch and Vision series that was written by Steve Englehart. It came out back in the eighties, and that's the one we were talking about before, where they move to the suburbs and have these two kids for the first time. So they meet these this couple, Glamour and Illusion, who are actually, you know, they're the same thing. They're stage magicians who are pretending to not have powers. But they're living in the, you know, same suburbs and they meet and they hang out and, you know, have like suburb type shit happen with them. <laughs> suburb shit. Yeah. So um, that's glamour and illusion. And I just read on Wikipedia that illusion eventually ends up getting murked off, which is so wild because they're like not the characters who should be getting murked. You know, it's like, come on, man. They should still be living in the suburbs somewhere right now. Right. But no. Comics. Who knows? Um, yeah. Rounding out the references Easter eggs rather um that date that had the heart on the calendar was august 23rd it could be nothing could mean something that something could be a reference to avengers 238 uh in that story interestingly enough all of these characters that almost all the characters that show up in wandavision are also in this book so Mm -hmm. you know monica rambo's in there well photons in there um visions in there scarlet witch is in there um i don't know the, the the details of the actual story but um, a, a lot of the same characters show up again. Oh, um, that's the story when Vin, uh, Vision first tries to take over the world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, first that time, doesn't match up he, at all. That yeah, doesn't trust. match up at all with this series. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no trust. He does. He does it. He does it more than once too. Yeah. Uh, so no. Yeah, I don't know if that one's. I'm not sure. But uh, speaking of numbers, the numbers A57 show up in the animated opening once again on the second episode. When Vision is at the water cooler with Norm, they're having some water. And if you look very closely on the water cooler, the numbers A57 are on it, which is a direct reference to Avengers 57, the first appearance of the Vision. Okay. God damn it. Like, it's too many Easter eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good because we're done with the Easter eggs. The only thing that's left is the music. Um, Episode, what, episode one this was? Yes. Uh, Yakety Yak. What's that song? Yakety Yak comes up in the office when they're when Vision's first at the office. It is a song written, produced, and arranged by the Jewish songwriters Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. 
and it was written for black performers, the coasters, who the song is actually making fun of suburban white life. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yep. So yakety yak, don't talk that's map, blah, blah, blah. That's the song you hear that. The second major song that we hear is Help Me Rhonda by the Beach Boys, which is playing when uh, Dottie cuts her hand. It's playing in the background. And as Randall Part's voice comes in, it was an ill edit where they, he, as he says, Wanda, they have it over to help me, Wanda. Because it's rhymes. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, help me, Wanda. Help, help me, Wanda. And then you hear him saying, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Right. So, like, is she hearing him calling to her? So she, remember how you said she keeps maintaining the illusion that she just turned on that song in her bubble society? It, I'm not sure, but it's so funny, too, because in uh, Age of Ultron, no, and, um, Wait, which one is that? I got them. I watched them all together at once. Oh, in Civil War, when Hawkeye comes to get Wanda from the Avengers compound and she won't leave, he's like, "You got to help me, Wanda." (laughs) 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 Oh my god, that was so good and so bad. That's funny. Yeah, you got to help me, Wanda. Okay, so I think, again, that was pretty dense in terms of the types of the, the amount of information and what we covered. But we talked everything about episodes one and two of WandaVision. Wow. We so, you know, just to close this out, what are you looking forward to? Like, again, we know based on this pattern that we've seen that the next episode is going to be based in the 70s. I'm looking for Monica Rambeau to show up in her photon outfit because I've seen glimpses of it and I need to see that black and white think she's going to wear it when she's yes. at the Halloween costume situation? I don't know because the glimpses that I've seen are like the real joint. Not no Halloween, you know, like not oh. those fake Halloween costumes they're wearing in that one episode. No, they it looked like it's in the poster that's posted on the Fall Nerds Instagram. Like when she has all the televisions in front of her, if you look behind the televisions, you can see the black and white Captain Marvel photon outfit. Oh, really? No, yes. Oh, really? Is it? Yeah. What? So, yep. Oh, it's in those um those cards that they've been passing out. Yeah, like those, yep, those yeah. The one where they have where there's just both of them do that when they're standing. Uh, they have one with Wanda and she's got all the televisions, mm-hmm. but you can see a different Scarlet Witch outfit behind them, like more a real comics appropriate outfit. So oh, I think I they're see. moving them all into their re- you know at least closer to because uh, Scarlet Witch's MCU outfits have been pretty wet so far, honestly. So they're I mean, they've her. they've more or less just been like pared down X Men yeah, outfits, like pretty they're, much. They're yeah. not full blown costumes. costumes. They're like they're leather plants and and the Matrix jacket. And I don't really need her in a full blown costume. I kind of you know like that for her, but just give me a little bit more color. You know, give me a little bit more Scarlet. That's all I need. You know, when they gave you that red jacket, eh, a little more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is the end of our review episode for the WandaVision series only on Disney+. Plus. If you have enjoyed what you heard, and we hope you did, please, uh, one, make sure you're subscribed to us. We are on every, generally, every single podcast platform you could think of. We are For All Nerds. Um, You can also support us in other ways by sharing our podcast um, tweeting about us, I make doing IG posts about us, adding us, all that stuff, letting us know how you feel, leaving comments and ratings. You can also support us um, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash for all nerds. And I'm sure we're going to come up with some really fire 
merch ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, for Once those we who get a name. <laughs> Once we get a name. For those who follow our other review episodes, we've come up with some really cool designs or with with the help of a lot of amazing artists we've come up with some cool designs so definitely check out our t public page that's tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds and as we said i'm tatiana king and this is dj ben i mean and we out we out we out yeah we out We'll be back. Um, You're hearing this probably on Wednesday or Thursday whenever you hear this, but we will be back every Monday with a new review episode. So make sure you tune in. Make sure you follow, subscribe. Also, make sure you check us out on twitch.tv slash for all nerds where you can see both of our beautiful faces delivering these episodes every Monday at, I think we might move that up on Monday to 2 p.m. We'll figure it out. Every Monday, 2 Every p.m. Monday, Eastern, bro. 2 p.m., <laughs> 3 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're following us, twitch.tv slash for all nerds. You'll get to see us do these shows, me do some DJing, Titana playing some video games, talking our ish, all that great stuff. So, yeah, join us. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.